Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, and this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine and uh, Dr. Scott WM. Lady Diagnosis, if she ever comes back. She's got a boyfriend now, so we don't see her as much as we used to. It's like, let's record on Saturday. Oh, no, I'm going to Charleston to uh, be on Mark's yacht. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't think we can compete with that. <laughs> uh, visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we're not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. Okay, um, yeah, um, we've got an interesting show today. Uh, talk about a lot of different stuff, but before we do, please check out stuff.drsteve.com. The holidays are coming. It's a great way to uh, do your holiday shopping online and also help out your pals at Weird Medicine. So go to stuff.drsteve.com. You can scroll down, see all the different things that we talk about on the show. If you, None of that tickles your fancy, as my uh, high school uh, English professor would say. 
and then just click through to Amazon. If you use the link at the top of the page, just click click right through. Still helps us out. So thank you. Use stuff.drsteve.com. Great stocking stuffers and Hanukkah gifts. Tweaked.audio. Uh, shoot. That's not right. It's tweakedaudio.com. Use offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, for 33% off. That's a big deal of the best earbuds on the market for the price and the best um, customer service anywhere. That's tweakedaudio.com. You want to check out Dr. Scott's stuff. I think he has his uh, nasal spray back in stock, and it is um, outstanding. And it's simplyherbals.net. If you want to attain your ideal body weight with me, do it with me. Uh, go to noom.drsteve.com. That's n-o-o-m.drsteve.com. You get two weeks free. You've heard about it. It's a psychology app. It's not a diet. Uh, noom.drsteve.com. And uh, uh, if you you just use that uh, URL to get there, you'll get two weeks free and twenty percent off if you do decide to sign up. And it's not that expensive compared to some other of these programs out there and there's no points uh, unlike some other programs out there that will remain nameless but rhymes with smate smotchers i guess <laughs> i don't know anyway noom.drsteve.com do it with me i'm at my dale body weight and i've i've now it's been uh, a month or a month a year since I started Noom, I started right after Halloween last year when I ate a whole bag of Halloween candy. I said, I think I have a problem. And it wasn't the crappy stuff. It was a whole bag of those little Snickers, the ones that are about two inches long. And I, you know, I just eat one. And then, oh, well, hell, if I ate one, two more isn't going to do anything. And then, well, just one handful. How many can I get in my hand? Five. And before I knew it, I had eaten the whole bag and I had a whole big rat pile of wrappers and I felt like crap. I felt like crap for hours afterward. And I said, I have a problem. So I got on Noom and it changed my relationship with food. Might do it for you too. Obviously not for everybody, but give it a try. Uh, nothing wrong with two free weeks. And um, if you're lazy like I am, I like uh, Freshly.drsteve.com. You can get 40 bucks off Freshly. They deliver fresh prepared meals that make eating right super easy. And they got some new recipes that we just tried one the other day that we really liked. And uh, it was um, a, what the hell? Oh, it was um, shrimp and chicken with sort of a cauliflower. You know, everything's gluten-free. But the cauliflower mash was outstanding. I mean, it was so well seasoned. I, I had no idea that's what it was. I'm like, well, they put potatoes in here. Some of the stuff has potatoes because they're gluten free too. But this one had cauliflower, and uh, the vegetables were really good. And um, it comes in a tray. You just stick it in the microwave. Now it's microwave food, okay? So there are limitations to the, some of the things that they can do, but you get about, to me, it seems about twice as much as I used to get when I was eating lean cuisines, and it's the quality is way better. As far as, it's, it's really like it's hand cooked. It's not seem like it's done in a, by a machine. And uh, if you're interested in getting our podcasts, uh, archives, go to premium.drsteve.com. I had somebody the other day that was trying to use our RSS feed. Just use the app. Go to weird. Uh, go to the App Store or Google Play. Get uh, the Weird Medicine app. And when you log in with your username and password after you've uh, established that at premium.drsteve.com, then you can hear all the archives of the show. It's just buck ninety nine a month. Use the offer code FLUID and get it for uh, half price for three months. You can just download everything and then just quit. And the other thing, though, that you can do is go to drsteve.com, pay me $30 or $20. Uh, $30 will get you a thumb drive. There it is, right there's one of the thumb drives. <laughs> it's a 32 gig thumb drive with about 17 gigs of content on it. It's got all the Riotcast podcasts. Or for 20 bucks, I'll give you a week to 10 day access to the um, uh, to my Dropbox that also has the same stuff on it, and then you can just download it. You have to copy it and and transfer it though you can't drag it off because then it'll disappear on my side too if you know dropbox but anyway that's something you can do or just to hell with it just listen to it for free it's totally fine i have the paywall there to keep my employer out of my business <laughs> all right um what have we got today we have talked multiple times on this show about vitamin d 
And I have always contended, look, low vitamin D is associated with a lot of different um, conditions. Low vitamin D is, you know, correlates with increased risk for cancer, for increased risk of heart attack and stroke. And certainly is low vitamin D, chronic low vitamin D is responsible for rickets. We know that. Now, you can prevent rickets by giving someone vitamin D. Can you, though, prevent heart attack, stroke, and cancer by giving someone vitamin D? In other words, is the low vitamin D a cause of these problems, or is it simply a marker for these problems? In other words, persons at high risk for heart attack and stroke, and there's something in their metabolism that, uh, you know, results in low vitamin D. And replacing the vitamin D would just simply mask that signal, but it wouldn't actually fix the problem. Does that make sense? So if, uh, let's say, that whatever is caught, maybe it's the inflammation that's causing the high risk for heart attack and stroke also causes vitamin D, well, then replacing the vitamin D isn't going to do anything for that. It's just going to uh, make that marker that uh, that sort of red flag disappear. I'm trying to think of a good analogy for that. I'll, I'll think one. Um, yeah, okay. Um, well, hmm. Yeah, okay, maybe this. If your car is burning oil and there's smoke coming out of the back, putting on a, let's say, some sort of filter that would reduce the amount of smoke coming out of your exhaust pipe would take care of the outward appearance of the problem, but it wouldn't fix the underlying problem. Um, uh, that's probably the, you know, on the fly, I hadn't really thought about it that much. That's the best analogy I could come from, come up with. But anyway, so you, you kind of get the idea. Is vitamin D a marker or a cause uh, of disease? So this is from the... Uh, uh, Journal of the American Medical Association, not some crappy journal. It's an editorial. It says, Vitamin D and Health Outcomes, subtitled, Then... Well, wait a minute. Then... No. Then came the randomized clinical trials. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> that was not worth the time it took for me to do that. Uh, I'm just going to read some of this from uh, with you. Uh, you can just go to jamanetwork.com and search for vitamin D, and you can find this. But this is an editorial, but it's it's based on some recent studies. It says, not long ago, vitamin D was riding high. And, and this was the thing that used to drive me crazy, is another article would come out and say vitamin D is associated with this X disease. Let's say increase in, I don't know, diabetes. I'm just making this up. And then I would get people emailing me, well, you know, do you get it now? You know, what's it going to take for you to recommend vitamin D supplementation? I kept saying, look, you can take vitamin D. There's really no harm in it. You don't want to overtake it because there is a condition called hypervitaminosis D. We won't get into that too much unless you guys are interested, but you can take too much vitamin D. So take a normal amount and bring your level to normal. I have no problem with that. You'll certainly prevent rickets, if not all this other stuff, until we know, you know, maybe it is a cofactor and it would actually improve your outcome. So I don't have a problem with it, but I can't recommend it based on the evidence that and tell people, yes, if you take vitamin D, it's going to prevent heart attack, stroke and cancer. So anyway, uh, not long ago, vitamin D was riding high. Beyond its role in calcium homeostasis, ooh, that just means um, keeping your calcium in line, uh, homeostasis, basically just regulation. So you're regulating your calcium, it didn't get too high, get too low. And bone health. Animal studies linked to vitamin D deficiency to uh, numerous chronic illnesses, including high blood pressure, diabetes, autoimmune disorders, and cancer. Uh, corroborating human observational studies reported associations between vitamin D deficiency and increased risks of high blood pressure, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune diseases, and cancer. Right. So correlation is not causation. 
But the lay press seized on this chorus of observational studies, testing of serum, uh, you know, vitamin D levels proliferated, you know, doctor's office, let's check your vitamin D, and supplementation with uh, vitamin D uh, increased significantly. Then came the randomized clinical trials. This is why I want to read this to you guys. Multiple trials have failed to demonstrate significant benefits of vitamin D supplementation. This argues toward the idea that low vitamin D is a marker of disease, not a cause of disease, and except for rickets. Uh, that's well known that uh, causes rickets. What is rickets? It's like a bone disease, and these kids um, Google it. You can see picket, pictures of rickets. Uh, these kids tend to be bow-legged and stuff like that. It's a, uh, it's a disease of children that's actually caused by vitamin D deficiency, and uh, they have uh, poor calcification of their bones, and their and it softens the bones and distortion of the bones. So uh, you can see why they're bow-legged, because when they're standing up, the uh, you know if you had rubber legs, they would bow out, and they they kind of have um, rubbery. Um, bones as far as, you know, relatively speaking. But anyway, um, so these multiple trials have failed to show any benefits. For example, vitamin D supplementation compared with placebo failed to reduce high blood pressure in patients with uh, pre-hypertension and stage one hypertension. There's two stages of hypertension. There's pre-hypertension, stage one and stage two. And pre-hypertension stage one patients, they were... um, 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 looked at and they didn't um, uh, have any benefit from vitamin D supplementation. High dose monthly oral vitamin D compared with placebo didn't reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease or death. So this is a long-term study where they followed people over a period of time taking this stuff. And when you do these, you've got to control for other things like it's not fair if in the vitamin D group everyone is a smoker and in the placebo group nobody's smoking. They need to be matched. So to the best of your ability, within statistical significance. So if you've got 10 smokers in the vitamin D group, you need to have 9 or 11 in the other group or you know as close to 10 as you can get, and uh, you need to control for that. Um, and that's hard to do. You know, so you have to have big studies and control for as many variables as you can. And then at the end, you say, look, we can control for this, but we don't think that's any big deal. And then somebody can go in later and do that study just looking at that one thing. Um, so in the vitamin D and type 2 diabetes trial, the vitamin D supplementation compared with placebo failed to lower the risk of incident type 2 diabetes in patients with pre-diabetes. So they identified people with uh, mildly elevated uh, blood sugars, gave them vitamin D, followed them over time, and they still developed um, diabetes. Uh, the largest vitamin D trial was the vitamin D and omega-3 trial. It was called the VITAL trial. It was randomized double-blind, placebo-controlled. And, um, uh, oh, and let's see. That I, <laughs> oh, a clinical trial of 25,871 participants uh, using a 2 by 2 factorial design. Vital tested whether supplementation with... Um, okay, so they had two things in this, omega-3s and vitamin D. So they were either treated with vitamin D or omega-3s or both or placebo. So that would be four things. And uh, they wanted to see if they would reduce reduce the risk of cancer and the composite uh, cardiovascular outcome of heart attack, stroke, or cardiovascular death compared with placebo. And uh, during a median follow-up of 5.3 years... It's a nice long study. Neither vitamin D supplementation nor omega-3 fatty acid supplementation was significantly better than placebo. No, I hit the wrong one. (laughs) All right, all right. Um, So uh, in this issue of the Journal of American Medical Association, uh, these authors reported the results of the vital DKD study, which was a a pre-specified secondary study involving 1,300 participants in the vital study. So this is a subset of that that original study we just talked about. And they had type 2 diabetes, and they agreed to undergo additional testing of kidney function 
and uh, protein, uh, urinary albumin excretion. That's how much protein they're peeing out because you don't want to, pro- you know, you don't want to pee out your protein. You need that to make muscles and stuff uh, at baseline and two and five years after randomization. So in other words, they randomized them into uh, two groups and uh, followed them at baseline two years and five years to see what their kidney function was like. And the authors tested the hypothesis that supplementation with vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids would reduce the rate of kidney functional decline in patients with diabetes, because as you know, patients with diabetes are at increased risk of kidney failure. Um, so uh, the primary outcome was change in estimated uh, glomerular filtration rate. Don't worry about that. That's just um, how the glomeruli, which are the little units that uh, filter in the blood, um, how things get from one side to the other. In other words, from the blood side to the urine side. And uh, let's see, at baseline, the mean uh, EGFR, in other words, you know, the um, the arithmetic mean was 85. Don't worry about it. It's milliliters per minute per 1.73 meters squared. Don't worry about that. It just it's Just remember the number, 85.8. 16% of participants had an EGFR less than 60, and 9% had a little bit of protein, and that was greater than 30 uh, milligrams per gram uh, creatinine. The, uh, the mean, okay, come on, give me some damn answers here. Uh, okay, by year five, the mean EGFR had declined to 73 uh, from 85. Despite this substantial loss of EGFR, there was no significant difference in the decline between the vitamin D and placebo groups. Or between the omega-3 fatty acid and the placebo groups. Okay. So that kind of sucks. Likewise, no beneficial effects of vitamin D or omega-3 fatty acid supplementation on uh, protein in the urine and no between-group differences in the secondary composite income, which occurred in 100... What was that? Uh, Let's see. Well, okay. Uh, Vitamin D is essential for gastrointestinal absorption of calcium. In healthy individuals, vitamin D deficiency jeopardizes uh, calcium regulation. They say homeostasis, but I'll say regulation. And stimulates secondary increases in parathyroid hormone. So... There's this hormone in your um, thyroid glands. There's four of them. It's pretty interesting. So the thyroid is kind of a weird, mushy little gland right at the front of your throat that sort of wraps around the Adam's apple where the voice box is. And uh, they're deep inside that thyroid gland, which is really mushy, kind of the um, consistency of firm jelly. Um, There are four little sub- Uh, sub glands and uh, those are the parathyroid glands and when parathyroid hormone is excreted um, your your calcium will go up and when it's not excreted it starts to drift back down again and so people that will have a parathyroid adenoma in other words a benign tumor of the parathyroid gland uh, those things will uh, secrete an increased amount of parathyroid hormone, and because of that, the patient's calcium goes up. You go, well, who cares? Well, okay, I, I understand. You don't hear about calcium so much. You hear about potassium and magnesium, sodium, but you don't hear about calcium that much. But um, hypercalcemia, which is what that's called, can uh, cause a myriad of effects, including making people goofy as goofy can be and uh, start seeing aliens and throwing bedpans and stuff like that. So when we see uh, those sorts of behaviors, or they can just become profoundly weak, particularly in cancer patients, we'll check a calcium level. If they're elevated, we need to treat it. So so anyway, um, that's the parathyroid gland. Uh, Let's see here. Anything else interesting in here? Nah, not really. Oh, here we go. One randomized placebo-controlled trial, coincidentally also called VITAL. It's a different VITAL. Um, They had 281 patients suggested a modest uh, anti-proteinuric effect of the activated vitamin D analog paracalcitol, 
not one that I'm familiar with. I'm not even sure if you can buy it over the counter. Uh, let's let's ask Echo if we can. Echo, buy paracalcitol, please. Are you trying to shop for paracalcitol? Yes. I just added paracalcitol. Okay, so apparently you can buy it over the counter. Um, uh, when added to blockers of the renin-angiotensin, oh, geez, okay, it's, I'm, I'm going to get far afield if I go through all of this. Uh, in patients with type 2 diabetes, mellitus, and chronic kidney disease. So I'm not advocating you go buy paracalcitol even if you have diabetes. Talk to your diabetologist, your endocrinologist, or your primary care. Uh, other randomized placebo-controlled trials found no beneficial effects of paracalcitol on left ventricular structure. That would be heart structure. That's the beating, the, the, the chamber of the heart that beats to the, the brain and to the rest of the body, the kidneys, the, every, everywhere. Uh, the only place it doesn't beat to directly uh, the lungs and the right side does that. So, um, hmm. Okay. Well, it does. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. The right side of the heart takes uh, hypooxygenated blood. In other in other words, blood that has been used and needs oxygen <clears throat> takes it and pumps it through the pulmonary artery to the lungs, where in the alveoli, which are the little air pockets in the lung, uh, uh, carbon dioxide is exchanged for oxygen. So you get rid of carbon dioxide. That's when you exhale, you have more carbon dioxide. And, um, and then oxygen that's sitting in those alveoli from you breathing in is absorbed into the bloodstream. And uh, to do that efficiently, you've got to have a lot of surface area. And so the lungs are just amazing amount of surface area in there because the little alveoli are tiny and there's bajillions of them. And uh, these, uh, and so that's what I'm talking about when I'm, say, primarily pumping there. The, the lungs themselves actually need a blood supply. And so there are arteries that supply the lungs with, with oxygenated blood that they can use. But anyway, all right. So that's enough of that. Uh, what, what The take home from this is fine to take vitamin D. I have no problem with it. It's good for calcium homeostasis. It prevents rickets. There may be some benefits that we're not aware of, but they apparently are not huge or we would know about them. Um, does not appear to be the panacea that we hoped for when we found that low vitamin D levels were correlated with all these conditions. We were really hoping that it would be as simple as that, as just give people vitamin D and these things would uh, would go away, but that doesn't appear to be the case. Now, this was looking at things other than um, uh, the vital trial was not looking at um, uh, cancer, but uh, no, yes, it was too. The original vital trial was looking at the risk of cancer and cardiovascular composite outcome. So yeah, even that. So they, you know, if you want to avoid cancer, do your screening, catch it early, and prevent cancer by avoiding repeated exposure to cancer-causing um, toxins, if I may use that word, as much as I eschew that word. Um, in this case, it's appropriate. Like nitrosamines, those are things found in charred meat. So uh, if you grill every single day, you may increase your risk of heart attack and stroke. The big one, of course, tobacco. Uh, avoiding uh, tobacco, and if you can't quit, call in, and we'll walk you through it. Because Scott, I know I used to smoke three packs a day. Pretty sure Scott used to dip, if I remember correctly, and he had a hard time quitting. So you'd think that would be that's would be the most noxious thing. It'd be so easy to quit, but it's not. So it just shows what uh, what the human body can get used to. But uh, those are the big ones, and get your colonoscopy done. Um, get your kids vaccinated for HPV causing um, or HPV derived cancers like penile cancer, uh, cervical cancer, rectal cancer and head and neck cancers. Those are big ones. And, uh, you know, if you uh, work in an asbestos mine, absolutely don't smoke because that quadruples your risk of getting lung cancer. Okay. All right. So there you go. Um, last time, we talked about the reaction between bleach and ammonia. And we were just kind of talking about, I can't remember what brought it up, 
But uh, sodium hypochlorite, when mixed with ammonia, uh, can release chlorine gas as well as chloramines and some other things like that. So it's naughty, naughty to do that. And uh, But it can happen, you know, if you're using a um, easily obtained vin- or vinegar or ammonia-containing cleaner on your let's say on your table and then you follow it up with a bleach containing um, cleaner and the two things mix because they're still wet uh, you can release some of these toxic gases now for the most part I and I said for the most part these things tend to be more irritating than deadly in the sense that I mean it doesn't feel good I've I've took a whiff of it myself uh, in a closed environment it was pretty scary but I got out and I was okay it didn't didn't um, uh, it didn't uh, do any permanent damage but like everything else if you are in an enclosed environment or if you get a huge dose of this stuff then of course it can be toxic to you and even deadly so uh, this is a story out of Burlington, Massachusetts. A worker at um, a, a local wing place in Burlington died from injuries suffered in a chemical incident at the restaurant on Thursday evening. This is from WCVB, I guess a TV station in, uh, in Massachusetts. Um, the incident happened sometime before 6 p.m. at the location, and investigators said they were called to the restaurant after receiving a report of a chemical reaction in the kitchen area. Authorities said the employee was exposed to a strong cleaning agent and was suffering from nausea. It is believed that he was breathing in fumes from the cleaning agent. He was rushed to lay into this hospital and later died at the hospital. The restaurant was evacuated following the accident or the incident total of 10 victims, including employees and customers, checked themselves into the hospital for evaluation with difficulty breathing and eye irritation. The uh, interim fire chief said one worker who first prepared the floor to be clean was immediately exposed to the chemical but quickly left the area to get fresh air. Uh, The gentleman that passed away was an employee of this wing place who attempted to squeegee the product out of the building when he was overcome. Now, what this says to me, I wasn't there, I don't know a lot of the details, but um, if he's trying to squeezy, squeegee it out of the building, they had a spill. There was either a lot of it on the floor. And it says anyone at the restaurant at the time believes they may be impacted should seek medical treatment immediately. Uh, they said the chemical used was sodium hypochlorite. Now, they said someone prepared the floor. So did that person use um, an ammonia-based floor cleaner? I don't know. And then they had a spill of bleach over the floor, and then this thing reacted, and it released um, uh, chloramines and chlorine gas. And this guy was trying to doing his best to uh, protect everybody by squeegeeing it out and getting it the heck out of there. And he took the the ultimate hit. Um, it's tragic. Um, so I'm just gonna. I, this may not save anybody's life out there, but if you are in an environment where you're smelling something chemical like that and it's not normal, just get the hell out of there until somebody with a respirator can get there and go in and clean it up. Don't try to do it yourself. And even if you think you're going to get in trouble because you were the one that spilled it, it's better for you to be in a little bit of trouble because accidents happen than uh, for you to. Um, Um, make the ultimate sacrifice now please don't um, uh, just run the hell out of there though if there's other people at risk let them know some uh, run around to the front of the restaurant and tell everybody get the hell out of here something bad's happening in the back but uh, definitely save yourself and uh, you know we see this a lot with um, uh, in airplanes when the masks come down and you're supposed to put the mask over yourself before you do it for the kid. And and it seems weird, like, you know, usually our, our instinct is to save the kid first. And, you know, uh, I'll put my mask on later first. I need to uh, save the kid. But really, you're doing them a disservice because if, let's say, you're three seconds away from succumbing, and um, you put the thing on the kid and it takes you four seconds to do and the kid is, I don't know, two and doesn't know what the hell's going on. Um, you don't get it on. You succumb. Now the kid doesn't have the mask. They succumb. And there isn't going to be a flight attendant running around trying to make sure everybody's masks on because they got to have their mask on, too. 
So put it on yourself first. And then even if the kid passes out because it took you five seconds and they're going to succumb in three, they're not dead. Just put the the mask on when they, they're still breathing. They're just not able to get enough oxygen to their brain. Then put the mask on them and then both of you will live. Okay. Instead of neither of you. Okay. Very important. All right. That's all I've got for today. Do you guys have anything? If you do, give us a call. 347-766-4323. Leave a voicemail. I'll get to it. Uh, usually I'll uh, uh, try to uh, text you back. And I thought if we have enough time today, we will take some random phone calls from the voicemail bank because I haven't had a chance today to uh, download them. All right, let's see what we got here. in a coma for a month and a half. Oh, wait, we answered this question before. Okay, um, let's try this one the normal i don't know why nope answered I mean, that one before that. <laughs> okay today's episode is brought to you by angie angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well let me tell you there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you you watch them do it the right way and you go thank god i didn't try to do that myself i have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Let's try this one. That's a new uh, message there, Dr. Steve. Anyways, uh, this is Phil. If you get a chance, I was uh, wondering. I had watched something on uh, uh, Anthony Cumia Network. 
about your practice care, which I've always known about, but it never dawned on me. I mean, you kind of deal with situations where you have to see, you know, older uh, people pass away. I was always wondering how do you numb yourself from that or deal with that, you know. Um, uh, he's got more to this question, but the first answer is don't numb yourself to it because I don't think that's possible. And if you did numb yourself to it, then you're going to be a numb, unfeeling robot. And I don't think that's the way to go about it. Let me see what the rest of his question is. It's like a vet having to euthanize a, a cat or a dog or whatever. Um, I always wondered, you know, how do you deal with that? I know it gets probably numbing, but just wondered how you... No, um, I don't think I've ever been numb to it. I get You get accustomed to it. Now, look, you guys are going to make fun of me. It's fine. Um but I feel I was called to um, doing uh, hospice care. And when you're called to do something, if you don't do it, well, ask Jonah, you end up in the belly of a fish, right? But, <laughs> you know, if you don't do it, you're going to feel this hole in your life all the time. So I was called to do it. So that makes it a little easier for me. If someone tried to force themselves to do it and they didn't have the heart for it, I could see it being a real problem for them. Um, yeah, death and dying. I think one of the reasons I did it was because, um, uh, I was dealing with my own mortality and, uh, that's one thing. The other thing is, is there was, I don't want to get too heavy. My, you know, my mom had the worst death that I've ever seen and I never wanted anybody else's mom to go through what my mom went through. So when we had the one lecture on end of life care in my seven years of medical training, I really paid attention and I made it my goal to, to try to uh, ease suffering, particularly at the end of life and make sure that nobody is um, uh, suffering, as I said, like my mom did. And I also saw the value of it through another uh, episode that happened in my training. And uh, uh, it, it's just a long story. And I cry every time I tell the story 35 years later. So I will beg your um, indulgence in letting me not tell that story. But there was just another thing that happened in my training that made me realize that uh, there's more to uh, medical care than just prescribing pills for high blood pressure. And, um, of course, that's an oversimplification. But we got away from really paying a lot of attention to symptom management and quality of life, particularly in the 80s. In the 80s, all this stuff was happening. You know, Swan-Gans catheters and and uh, new antibiotics and new medications to keep the heart pumping and new procedures to to keep the heart pumping and new chemotherapy agents. It was the sort of the emergence of modern chemotherapy was just starting. And uh, I remember I had a, um, uh, a chief resident and he was one of these guys that was just really into um, short-term outcomes, I guess is one. He would not characterize it that way, but that's the way I saw it. For example, we had a lady who um, whose blood pressure was 70 over nothing. She was modeled. Uh, her temperature was 104. We were all on rounds together, and uh, her uh, uh, potassium was 6. Now, she was obviously actively dying, but her potassium was 6. So uh, he barks out these orders, you know, do this, do that, do some calcium, do some Lasix, KX light, all these things. And he barked out all these orders, and then we went on our way. Well, that afternoon, we came back for afternoon rounds, and we got her potassium. It was down to four. And he starts, you would think, I mean, just imagine Rocky at the end of Rocky two, um, or the, the statue of Rocky in Philadelphia. That's a better example. That's what he looked like. He was, yes, yes, and pump, pumping his fists in the air and strutting up and down in the ICU, you know, whoa, you know, we, we rule and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, even then, I'm like, dude, look at this patient. Um, of course, she, you know, she died the next day. And uh, all of this did nothing, but he was merely looking at a number on a piece of paper. And that's the thing. That's, to me, those are the people who are numb. 
and are, are the ones that see patients as numbers on a piece of paper. You have to look at the whole patient. That's why it's good to do uh, home visits because you're not seeing your patients in a vacuum in our environment. You're seeing them in their environment, and you can learn a lot from seeing them in their environment. Likewise, when you're doing a depression screen, you can hand them. A, you can have your nurse hand them a piece of paper and have a mark on it. Or you can ask the questions yourself. And when you ask for the medical students and doctors who still have somewhat of an open mind that are out there listening, um, if you ask the questions yourself, it takes, yeah, it takes a minute longer for your visit. But you gather so much um, valuable information from watching the patient uh, answer these questions and how they say it, what they say. Do they avoid the question when you ask it, as opposed to just circling a number on a piece of paper on a bunch of, you know, nine or 25 questions or whatever uh, uh, instrument that you're using? So, um, uh, and, and so don't become numb to this. I'm never numb to it. It doesn't break me up. You know what breaks me up? I'll tell you what breaks me up are uh, kids that are going through this and uh, people's um, families who particularly that have kids that are watching an older loved one pass away with, without any understanding. Um, breaks me up when people uh, get to the end of their life and they never discussed with anybody what they wanted. Did, would they want life support? Would they want CPR? Would they want to be shocked? And the families are just, you know, in chaos, not knowing what to do because that was never discussed. So I'm going to take this opportunity just for a second to advocate to all of you um, that you do a living will. Now, you say, well, I'm 25. Why do I need a living will? Uh, or, you know, I'm not dying. What do I need a living will for? I want you to remember Terry Shivo. Terry Shivo was a 24-year-old woman had a uh, stroke and she was in a persistent vegetative state which is a form of coma it's one where you have normal weak or weak sleep wake cycles but you're still unresponsive and she was unresponsive and uh, her husband after some period of time felt that um, she would not want her life to continue this way now you can impugn his his um, motives if you want to. There are people that do. Uh, but, you know, he argued that a reasonable person would not want to be kept alive in this situation with no hope of ever recovering. And that she was one of those people that didn't want that. So he uh, wanted to pull her tube. Well, her parents, and understandably, it's their kid. I get it. They said, no, no, she would want it. Uh, they, you know, she she would want to be kept alive. Now, um, the husband um, goes to take the tube out. The parents uh, get a judge to uh, stop them from doing that. He goes and gets another judge to allow him to do it. And I think this thing went back and forth a couple of times. In the meantime, she's on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, regular networks day in and day out for months and you know as a 24 year old woman she would have been mortified to know that her face was plastered over the tv day in and day out like that uh, congress even got into the act and um eventually uh the husband prevailed they pulled the tube and uh she passed away sometime after that now What's the point of this story? If Terry Schiavo, 24-year-old woman, had had a living will, we never would have heard of her. You can also call it an advanced directive, but an a living will is a form of advanced directive, so I like using the more precise term. Uh, it, we never would have heard of her because a living will, is it's not the same thing as a will. A will has to do with after you die. A living will has to do with everything before you die. And it would have said, yes, I want tube feedings, or no, I don't. Now, there's several types of living will. Some of them are more comprehensive. And if you guys are interested, I can send you living wills. Just email me. Just go to drsteve.com and click contact. I'll send you uh, blank living wills you can fill out. Um, there's a bunch of them. Uh, the one in Tennessee is very comprehensive and very precise, but it's complex in its, in its, um, or 
in its logic, or at least relatively so. Uh, however, in Virginia, Virginia models its living will after a lot of the ones the attorneys do that say if two of my physicians agree that I'm terminally ill and the um, continuation of artificial nutrition or hydration or, um, or uh, medical interventions would serve merely to prolong the dying process, then I authorize the withholding or withdrawal of such services, blah, 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 stuff like that. Um, that's that's a pretty narrow uh, circumstance uh, but but it's functional it, it would have worked in Terry Shivo's case if her physician had said yeah, yeah she's never going to get better and just continuing this is just continuing the dying process well anyway uh, there are other ones that say look if I'm in a permanent coma and I'm never going to going to uh, improve that I authorize no tube feedings that's a little more precise e- a little would have been an easier one for the husband uh, in Terry's case, if she had had one like that, if that was indeed what she wanted, uh, for him to argue that uh, there wasn't any question that she wouldn't want to be kept alive like this. So anyway, uh, talk to your attorney. But I, I, I'm just going to throw this out. And this is no shade on the attorneys out there. This is really a medical document. It really should be done by medically trained professionals rather than legally trained professionals. But uh, there, look, there's some attorneys out there that are really good at doing these, and there's some doctors that are really, really shitty at it. So uh, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer these questions anytime. And you can call them in, too. We can talk about them here, 423 423- uh, three four no what is it that's not right it's um, three four seven um, seven six six four three two three I know there was four two three in there somewhere three four seven seven six six four three two three or go to drsteve.com click contact just ignore the warnings make sure you put your email in correctly because if you don't I have no way of uh, emailing you back um, so uh, yes so everyone needs a living will you need one if you're listening to this, you need one. The only ones that really don't need them are minors and their parents or their power of attorney by default. Now, the other cool thing about an, uh, an advanced directive like this, you can determine in advance who's going to make decisions for you. So let me make this recommendation that you not uh, do the, make this a political decision. In other words, you got four kids, but the um, oldest one, you know, you don't think will follow your wishes. And you don't think they'll understand what it is that you really want. And you think that they'll make you do things when you're not able to fight for yourself that you wouldn't want. And yet you want to make them um, your primary decision maker on this form because they're your oldest. And if you don't, they'll get mad. Don't do it for that. Come up with an excuse. Say, well, I just didn't want to burden you with this. I thought that your brother would be, uh, 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 you know, better able to... Uh, uh, follow my wishes or whatever you have to say to them or you know you're a crank and i'm i'm not doing it i don't want you doing stuff to me that i don't want because <laughs> there is a whole lot we can do to somebody at the end of their life that isn't really doing anything for them um and uh, we just want to do things to you and we don't want to i mean we <laughs> dang it we just want to do stuff for you we don't want to do stuff to you um with regard to uh code blue for example you have an 18-year-old basketball player, prime of their life, and they keel over on the basketball court and they die. Tragedy when it happens. We would do CPR. In other words, we would do chest compressions. We would break the ribs. We would shock them. We'd take a big tube that's about an inch in diameter and shove it down their throat into their trachea, you know, right above the lungs to breathe for them and put them on life support. The odds that that 18-year-old basketball player is going to survive is only 15%. That's to survive to walk out of the hospital. Um, so if you throw in a couple of medical problems in a couple of years, at eight, that 15 drops to 10, drops to 5, drops to 1, gets vanishingly close to 0. And the closer to 0 it gets, the more likely it is we're going to end up on the machines forever if by some miracle they're able to get our heart started up again. So if that's something you'd like to avoid, you can just specify that, that you wouldn't want that. Particularly on your living will, if you say, if I'm in a coma or I'm permanently confused or I'm um, uh, what's that, permanently dependent, that's my big one. You know, if my wife has to uh, change my, you know, change my diaper and has to feed me and all this stuff and I can't do anything, I don't want to be kept alive artificially. 
Now, some states will have a rule that says you can't uh, withhold artificial nutrition and hydration. So you get around that by saying, well, we're going to offer comfort feedings. We will allow uh, the person to eat if they want and drink if they want, but we're just not going to uh, do it via tubes. So, all right. So there you go. There's your, uh, yeah, thanks, dude, for uh, calling in about death and dying. Nothing more hilarious than a death and dying talk and Dr. Steve's uh, um, experiences uh, treating uh, the terminally ill. Okay. All right. Let's see if we get something else. Okay. That one is not supported. Oh, I know why. Um, this this person sent this in as a, um, a different kind of file. The, the dude that called in about scabies that sent me the audio file, I'll get it on next week. Sorry. All right. Dr. Steve, I got a quick question for you. I got my flu shot today, but before the lady stuck me with the needle... She said, oh, i got to find a way around your tattoo. Can you not get a shot through a tattoo? Thank you. Yeah, sure you can. Um, that really shouldn't be a problem. Uh, both uh, intramuscular and subcutaneous vaccines can be given through a tattoo um, and uh, really should not be an issue. So I'm not sure why. I, I think, look, there's... Um, you guys are familiar with the Torah, right? And then there's the Talmud. So the Torah is the the central book um, of you know the what the Christians call the Old Testament. Uh, you know, five first five books of the quote unquote Old Testament, and then you've got the Talmud, which was commentaries about the Torah and other things like that. You know, interpreting law and stuff like that, sort of. And then they eventually wrote it down. So you, you have this sort of parallel book. And the, in medicine, we have the same thing. I'm just making an analogy uh, that we have what is documented scientific stuff. And then we have this sort of oral history that is passed down from doctor to doctor verbally or nurse to nurse or doctor to nurse or whatever. One of these that I encounter all the time is that morphine is absorbed through the um, mucosa of the mouth. So if you have someone that can't swallow, you can just put morphine in their mouth and it'll be absorbed through the uh, mucous membranes of the mouth. It's a complete falsehood. It still has to be swallowed. The only reason that it works at all is because those people eventually swallow it. Now, if they've got a complete obstruction of their esophagus and they're just drooling constantly and it never hits the stomach, then it won't work. And uh, this has been demonstrated time and time again, but still it's passed down from provider to provider. Oh yeah, you can just do this and it's complete BS. Okay. So it's sort of this parallel oral history in this case, BS. Um, and th th maybe the same thing in this is that that nurse was told by a nurse who was told by a nurse who was told by another nurse who was maybe told by a doctor you know in the 1800s don't stick a needle through a tattoo and it's still being passed down but that should be okay i'm fine with not messing up my tattoo with the, even a tiniest scar so yeah it's fine work around it i don't have a problem with that but you can do it um whether you should is a whole nother thing all right Hey, Dr. Steve, I was listening to your recent um, podcast on lucid dreaming. Okay, yeah, we were talking about lucid dreaming and how to uh, um, initiate same, and I've still not had much luck with it. Of course, I forget about it every night I go to bed, but anyway. Uh, I have this happen to me very regularly, um, sometimes as much as once or twice a week, um, and then it might go away for a little while and then come back and happen regularly again. Um it's very fleeting. It only lasts for maybe a minute or what feels like a minute or so in my dream. Uh, I will quite literally be able to say it to myself and be conscious of, oh, I'm dreaming. That's and cool. um question is now, what I would ask him if he were here, so you, you know you're dreaming, you're in your dream and you say, I'm dreaming, can you now say, now I want to fly or I want to have intercourse with that person over there or whatever that's that's what i'm interested in is being able to live in this world where i am basically able to create my own reality be able to walk around in it interestingly though 
uh, I still feel bound by the same um, rules of the Yeah, that's not crazy. These stupid dream world rules. The, the same stupid dream world rules where I can't ever have sex with anybody in a dream. If I get even close, then I wake up. Bullshit, stupid dream world. World, I guess you could say. Or physics, it's not as if I can go outside and jump up into the sky and fly around like a bird. Well, what good is it then? Oh, I'm dreaming, but I'm still stuck here. How is it that gravity works in a dream? I had a dream the other day that one of my kids fell out of a, of a hot air balloon. It was horrifying. This one in a dream was a nightmare. And I'm telling you, the, the image of him falling, of course, he landed and he was fine, which is great because it was a dream. Um modeled really the the uh, laws of physics. I mean, he was accelerating as he fell. I couldn't measure it to tell you it was 10 meters per second per second, but it sure looked like it. Uh, it's quite interesting how that stuff's ingrained in our heads. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Um, uh, like I said, it's very quick, but I am conscious of when I am dreaming. That is cool as hell. Uh, I'd like to talk about this more again. Call, give us a call. Three four seven seven six six four three two three. If you have lucid dreaming or sleep paralysis, I'd like to get that trucker duty thing going again. I had a uh, trucker um, approach me on uh, Twitter, and she's quite attractive. So I would, uh, I was trying to think of an excuse and uh, to have her on, and then I thought about the trucker duty things. And nothing hotter than, you know, a gorgeous um, over the road. Uh, trucker talking about taking a dump in a walmart bag so we'll see how that goes um i wanted to play something for you guys and I, i'm not really ready to play it all yet and i don't think uh he wants me to play it either but dave cecil was in the studio recently and we're doing a demo for him for a um i guess it's another singer songwriter con competition or something like that and he had a song that he did many years ago and he never released because <clears throat> he had somebody else sing it and he was never happy with it so uh i'm gonna just play you i'll, I'll play you something and i'll have to talk during it so that you guys you know every once in a while i thought you know uh oh there's big joe let's see what big joe's got going on today big joe you're on weird medicine Are you there? Well, never mind. Let's see if she calls back. Um, anyway, uh, so he came up and we did a demo. It, you all may not be aware, but I, I have the podcast part of the recording studio, but we also do regular music on the other side. I don't play a lot of it over here. I get people complaining that we're doing music. That's why I do it at the very end. Uh, so you can tune out if you want to, but uh, if, go to our YouTube channel, and it's um, youtube.com slash Lobsta Johnson. I think it's L-O-B-S-T-A Johnson, all one word. Or just put Dr. Steve Dave Cecil, see if that works. And uh, we had him in the studio. He did an outstanding job. I thought I did a pretty good job recording him live. And uh, you don't have to listen to my blabbering you can just go to the comment section and then click on the links that i put in there just the, so that you can just hear the songs but uh check him out and then uh here's his new song it's called running that shine it's not actually a new song but it's just we're redoing it and uh this is nothing more than the guitar and his vocal and some effects so in the middle there will be a uh, um a dobro solo or something and there will be bass and uh, maybe a fiddle. Maybe. We'll see. Um, um, but we'll. Uh, this is just the early sketch, but I'm very happy with how it turned out. And um, we'll see what you think. Taught me his room. 
Said if I could drive, I never would lose. Now I'm running these back roads on time. With each tick of the clock means a dime. It don't matter if they say I'm a wanted to find. When I cross that borderline, running that shine. Running, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. You're listening to Dave Cecil on Weird Medicine. Rumor has it, sheriff's got my plates. Breaking his laws, it's me he does hate. He sets up them roadblocks. Day after day, I vows he will catch me, but I'm miles away. Cause I'm running these back roads on time. With each tick of the clock means a dime. It don't matter if they say I'm a wanted to find. When I cross that borderline, running that shine Wanna change my ways from bad to good Start living man way that I should Alright, this is where the solo kicks in and that's where I'm going to leave you I'm going to always leave them wanting more so we'll play the rest of the song when it's finished, and we'll have Dave in the studio. We got really good response to him being here before, so uh, uh, you guys have a great week. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Late one night came the fight, sheriff on my tail. 125 per hour, hear me, don't fail. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.